Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees, and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. Our team of JBD coaches support men and women to engage in divorce with more calm, clarity, and confidence through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. You need to be approachable, be interesting and interested, right? For so many of us, if we think there's no good people out there, right? What are we doing? Are we looking up? Are we being approachable? If you think everybody out there is a degenerate or they're creepy, you're, are you, you're going to be staring at your phone or you're not going to be putting out that version of yourself that's inviting that's inviting people to talk to you where you look like a pleasant, fun person to talk to. So number one, it's looking at meeting people organically. Like every person, you know, is kind of from the same ball of energy in the universe. And I get to meet all these people and I get to hear their stories. Embarking on the journey into the next chapter of your life after divorce is often met with a mixture of excitement and fear. Everything is affected. Transitioning home and career, managing your finances, parenting as a single mom or dad, and managing the emotions around step-parents in your children's lives. The world of online dating, reconnecting with who you want to be in this new chapter of life, and finding your passion, purpose, sensuality, sexuality, and so much more. Tune in as we speak to the experts in every area of post-divorce life and support you to enter and navigate it as an adventure with a growth mindset and a heart of possibility. Welcome, Bella. I am so excited to be here. I am excited for this conversation, as I know my listeners are. So before we dive into all the juicy information that you're going to share with us, can you just share a little bit about how you got into this dating coaching uh, field? You know, it all started in college. So I realized I had these Yenta-ish instincts where I was matchmaking people back in the sorority and the fraternity. And I had some dating patterns, let's say, of my own. And so one day I sat down like any good nerdy business student and put together a spreadsheet of my dating foibles. Like, what was my responsibility? What was his? What were red flags? And through this, I understood what I was doing wrong and this whole little analysis, which is the foundation of what we do at Smart Dating Academy today, back in the day, led me to start dating my now husband of almost 25 years. So even though I came out of college, worked in finance, owned a manufacturing company, sold it, I kept putting couples together and I understood how to do it. So when we sold our manufacturing company, everybody in my community said, you need to go out there and teach people how to do that thing that you taught us all to do. So I birthed my third child called Smart Dating Academy in 2009. And we're like personal trainers for people's love lives. We really help. We have training that everybody needs to go through, but then how it rolls out for each person in their own specific dating lives, including you, dear listener, everybody is different. And so we're in the weeds with people, helping them to navigate their dating life, giving them inspiration and giving them concrete advice. I love that. I love that you are created to do this, that this is a passion you found so long ago and that it just kept knocking on your door until you went in that direction. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it takes us a couple of times. And I love what you just said, because I think I could speak for many of the listeners that this is 
this is an uncomfortable world to step into as difficult and painful as divorces to step into. And I refer to it as a foreign land Yeah, for many of us who were married for one to four decades, dating's not what it was. And, uh, and there's a lot of stories out there that can scare you and there's a lot of unknowns. And so let's, let's just dive right in and, uh, and share your wisdom with our listeners. We're assuming for those of you listening that you've heard all of the podcasts on healing and knowing that you're healed. And so today we're going to start from the starting line. You're healed. You're ready. How do they begin, Bella? You know, knowing that, like you said, Karen, dating has changed and it changes, number one, not just because of the technology component, but it's also changed because we're older and what we were looking for at 18 or 28 is vastly different than when we're 48, 58, or 68, right? At those ages, for many of us, marriage is a, eh, who knows, maybe, or it could be a hell no, or, you know, we're done having kids. Those ships have thankfully sailed. And so now it's really about who do I want to spend the rest of my life with. It's a more exciting time because you get to pick someone that you actually like spending time with. So think about this time of life with great excitement. I call it psychotic optimism. Become a psychotic optimist. That means love exists for me. It's a when, it's not an if. And I'm in it to win it. I'm not going to quit it right? So your psychotic optimism will take you the distance because dating as optimistic as you are is going to be filled with speed bumps, right? It is the ultimate Ironman triathlon. You'll have bruises. You might fracture a toe. You're going to have all of the things, but at the end, you will have a medal and I call it finding the lid to your pot. So get excited about it. There's so many great people at this age, and it's the best time in the world to date. And the best way, there's three major pipelines to meeting people. I say using technology and the apps, number one, then meeting people in real life, you know, going to meetup groups, meeting somebody at Whole Foods, whatever it is. And then number three is getting set up, getting fixed up by people that you know. Those are really the three major pipelines to meeting other human beings. So that's how you think about starting. So let's start with um, let's start with the real life, the meeting people, being out and about meeting people. Uh, I, I always hear so many stories and kind of excuses for why I can't, reasons why there are no good men out there, there are no good women out there, all of this. So when we look at offline dating, that that real life meeting someone, how do you go about doing that? For those who might be a little bit too uh, tech fearful to dive into that right away. You need to be approachable, be interesting and interested right? For so many of us, if we think there's no good people out there, right? What are we doing? Are we looking up? Are we being approachable? If you think everybody out there is a degenerate or they're creepy, you're, are you, you're going to be staring at your phone or you're not going to be putting out that version of yourself that's inviting, that's inviting people to talk to you where you look like a pleasant fun person to talk to. So number one, it's looking at meeting people organically, like every person, you know, is kind of from the same ball of energy in the universe. And I get to meet all these people and I get to hear their stories. And it's reframing how we're looking at other human beings. People can come into this so jaded and negative. And that is the first, and like, you got to take off those dark stormy lenses and put on some pink, sparkly, rose colored glasses. If you want to start seeing good people and also being sought out. So many people say, people just don't approach me. I'm like, well, 
you don't look that approachable. Are you, if you're looking sour dour, you know, if we all have our resting bee face on for men and for women, and we're walking around like this, what's on the inside could be this kind, smiley, sparkling person, but the world only knows what they see on your face. And if you're not making an active attempt to smile at people, if your face doesn't hurt and you're not making eye contact with people where it feels a little uncomfortable, you know, you might not be putting that version of yourself out there that you want to be. If you don't want to be meeting people, then you can ignore this full stop. But if you're telling me nobody talks to me, I know what face I have on when nobody talks to me. Or I can tell you if people come up to you and go, Karen, is everything okay? You may have a facial expression issue, the resting V face issue. So I have it. I will completely be vulnerable with that. I have to work on making sure that I have my approachable, nice face on because I can be intense. I get in my head and I've got smoke coming out of my ears because I'm thinking about 27 different things at the same time. And it's an effort to be, to look as engaging as I am as a human being. Full stop. And I'll tell you what, for most of my clients, they have the same issues. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's such an important one. And and for, for our listeners, I want to say if you're immediately thinking, well, you know, I'm guarded, I don't trust, we you need to go back to the healing podcasts because if that's what's coming up for you. Uh, there's some work to be done there. Uh, and, and I love what you said. I, I often say to my clients, like, consider it like a, a sociology experiment. Like you're going out, you're smiling, you're having conversations. You're not trying to do anything. You're just engaging. And, and I love that. And I saw you, Bella, on some uh, little news snippet and you were teaching uh, the news person how to flirt and how many seconds that you should look. And can you just share that with our listeners? Yeah. So I tell people make three, three seconds of eye contact and smile. Then you can look away and look back. That's kind of telling someone, first of all, three seconds is an eternity. Okay, ready? Karen, look at me and let's smile at each other for three seconds. One, two, three. Wow. Like a freaking eternity when it's a stranger and especially a stranger that you're interested in. So what I'll tell you is it's super fun. It works. And, and who cares if the person doesn't come up to you and talk to you? It doesn't mean it's a failed attempt. It means you did it. That's how I'm going to grade you. I'm not going to grade you. Did that person on the other side of the room, you know, part the Red Sea to come over and talk to you? It doesn't matter. You can't give someone the confidence, but what you can do is be the best version of yourself. Smile at them, make eye contact. And then if you really are feeling courageous, walk up to them and talk to them. What's the worst they're going to say? Nothing. They're going to really respect the fact that you walked up to them and talked to them. Then people will say, oh my gosh, well, what if they're married? So what? We all get approached as married people. It's fine when you look approachable and it's flattering. Nobody's going to bite your head off for walking up to them for making conversation. You're not going to walk up to them and say, hey, you're hot. Do you want to sleep with me? Fine. You might get slapped in the face, but most normal people aren't going to do that. Right. I love that. I love that. And, and practice makes perfect. So the more you do it, the more you get comfortable doing it and you start experiencing the responses. So that sounds, that sounds great. Oh, it's so fun. It's like building a new muscle, right? And I don't want to hear I'm an introvert. I'm shy. That was my next question. No, (laughs) you know what? Shy is a convenient label. It means I haven't developed this muscle yet. Right. I don't know anybody who's like, oh, I love walking up to strangers. It's a muscle. It's like, I don't know how to swim. Well, then you take swim lessons and you start to learn how to do it. It's the same thing with pickleball and tennis and making small talk and talking to strangers is nothing that we are born to know how to do. It's a skill that can be learned. So dear listener, take heart in the fact that just because you think you weren't born with charisma or you don't know what to say, you do know what to say. It's just, you need to practice. I promise you, I work with people on this all the time. And and it's fun. I happen to love meeting people and talking to people wherever I go. And it's, there's just, it's, there's a lot of fun in just engaging in conversations and 
uh, your presence putting a smile on another person's face. That's right. Every divorce has its unique challenges. Having helped people in many different high-conflict divorces, I know that when children and alcohol are involved, the situation becomes even more challenging. Whether you are concerned about child safety when an ex is co-parenting, or trying to prove your sobriety for custody, finding a reliable system that you trust can be difficult. That's why I love and recommend Soberlink. Soberlink's remote alcohol monitoring system makes it easy to document sobriety in real time, ensuring child safety and providing tangible evidence of sobriety to the court as needed. It's easy to use and has features like facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting that all work together to improve your life during this difficult time. To help those in my audience who are going through divorce with children, I've worked with Soberlink to develop five tips for divorces involving children that you can download at www.soberlink.com backslash JBD. So you said also um, groups. So I know that um, I often recommend Meetup because you can really uh, connect with people who have similar interests. Can you share, if that's something you recommend, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, unfortunately for the last two years, it's been harder to do that now with the pandemic, right? And it's still hard. So if you find a group, you know, you may be masked and it might be hard to actually connect with people. Of course, you know, unless you live in a state that's not like Illinois and Chicago, where we are masked everywhere we walk inside of a building. But if you're in the South or in a warm climate, you might have life as usual at this point. So it's easier to meet people out in groups. Um, and if you do, I, I think it's a great idea to put yourself in a room full of people where you have a common interest, right? It's not like going to a meat market singles group where it's so intimidating to so many people. If you want to, you know, if you want to go to a place where you know there's going to be men and women, you know, if you're looking for men or looking for women, go to a whiskey tasting, go to a bourbon tasting, you know, go to a red wine tasting group. You know, you may not want to go to a learn how to knit group because that might attract only women if you're not someone who's interested in meeting women. So look at something that you're interested in and also be a little strategic about it, right? So don't go to a group that's going to cater only to one gender mainly because of the interest and then go, oh, there was no other men or women there, you know, whoever you're looking for. And, right. and again, reframe, put your pink sparkly glasses on. If you walk into, if you're a woman seeking a man and you walk into a group and it's a bunch of women know that every woman in that room is a potential matchmaker for you. She may have a brother, she may have a cousin. And if you're nice to her and you put good energy out there and you're kind, she may just go, you know, I think you might be really good for my brother. And believe me, no sister is going to set up a woman that she does not like with her brother. Bella, that never crossed my mind. I love that tip. That's great. Yeah, it's it's big. I've seen it happen with my clients. Like put your most positive self out there and be interested in everybody. You don't know what's going to happen when you enter the date in a positive mind space. And you might say to you and your date might say, well, there isn't a romantic connection, but I'd love to hang out as friends. And then you can meet new people through that person. This is about life is about building relationships and community with a diverse broadcloth of people, right? Look at every human as a potential new connection for you to the lid to your pot. You don't know where that person is going to come from. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Love that. So let, let's move on for a second to the, um, uh, being connected through your, your circle of influence. What is, what does that look like? And how does someone, how does someone actually uh, generate or inspire their family and friends to consider them? Like, what, is, what does that sound like? 
Well, it sounds like we have to be brave and put our intention out there to people that are good fixer uppers. And I don't mean someone that needs fixer uppering. I mean, someone that likes to set people up and find those people in your networks. I call them super connectors and they may not be your closest family and friends. They could be more distant people, but you're connected to them. They have a lot of connections. You know, there's just connectors. They love connecting people like, oh my God, Karen, you should meet my friend, Rachel, that lives in Colorado because she's also doing similar work. But I think you guys would like each other. You need those people to be the people in your network that will fix you up. Think strategically. That is so true. I'm such a huge connector on a business front. Like I'm constantly, I meet someone that's my first thought is who I can connect them with. So that makes so much sense finding the people who do that in more of a social setting. Uh, and, uh, and then, and then just take a leap and see where it takes you. Exactly. And if somebody sets you up, go. Yeah. And here's the biggest, cause I, have a lot of married people in my networks and they will all tell me singles pay attention to this, that out of the goodness of their hearts, they'll try to fix up some friends, you know, two people. And they don't know they're trying to be nice. Like, Hey, you might like him go out. And when the person comes back to their friend saying, what made you think that would be a good setup for me and goes back and complains to their friend or their stylist or whomever fixed them up. I promise you, you've not just ruined it for yourself, but for all single people going forward, I've met that many married people that used to set people up. The guy that owns the salon that I go to in Chicago says, I will never fix anybody up again. I said, why? Because I've tried to do this with clients and they get so mad at me. And then I lose the business. I'm like, you were generous in trying to fix people up. And if it didn't work out, people blame you. He said, you have no idea. Be generous. Even if it's the worst date you've ever been on, be graceful. That person tried to help you. Yeah. Now that's a great tip. Uh, yeah. Because I've heard so many people, you know, because again, I get when we're single and someone gives us a bad setup, it feels so frustrating and disappointing and potentially hurtful. Like you thought so little of me that, you know, this person that was just sprung out of prison or whatever it is, <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, he had a pulse and I had a pulse. Is that what made you think that we would be a good couple? Right. And, and I think that it feels like that, but remember, change the story around that. Everything is about the story we tell ourselves. The story I want you to switch into at that moment, if you get a bad setup is my friend tried to do something good for me. And just because it didn't work out, the intention was good and reframe it in your own mind. This isn't about you. you know, I would say in my experience dating, and I've had some pretty, um, dates that gave me a lot of fodder to talk about afterwards. And, yeah. and some of them, I mean, one of the ones I remember, the fella talked so much about himself. So like five, eight minutes into the date, I knew that I wasn't going to get a word in edgewise. And even still, you can say, okay, here I am. I happen to be drinking a really lovely glass of wine and sitting in front of a fireplace having dinner. And I thought, okay, so let me find out what I can about him. And let me just be curious and enjoy the night. I know that it's not going to go any further, but I think that there's so much judgment that comes into it. And it's like you said, it's the stories you tell. And so you can also make the best out of almost every situation, maybe not, you know, the criminal who just escaped from jail. But other than that, like most people, you can say, OK, I learned something. It was a good experience. I know what not to do, whatever, as opposed to that sucked. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And remember, I am all about I work with, you know, busy people that have big lives and they want to be time efficient. And the best thing to do is follow a procedure to vet a date, message them. If that goes well, take it to the phone, have a 10 minute phone conversation, make sure the person sounds normal, and then take it to a video, have a 15 to 30 minute zoom date or date in the app before you decide to take your precious time to go have a glass of wine in front of a fireplace. 
right? And this is where so much frustration could be avoided. We're in the world of video. COVID brought this one massive benefit. You can tell so much more about a person. They come to life in three dimensions when you're looking at them on video versus just messaging somebody or talking to them on the phone and then springing to a three-hour date where you're stuck with someone who will not stop talking about themselves. Do a video, pre-qualify them. If you were looking for a new job, HR would never just let you walk in. Hey, come come on in, Karen, and meet the CEO. There'd be a bunch of hoops you'd have to jump through in order to get to that one interview. It could be six prior interviews. And the first one is not going to be face-to-face. You're going to do a phone screener. You might do another phone screener. You might go in an interview with HR and then a lower level manager. This is how we should date. That's that's perfect. So so first message, then phone, then Zoom, and only live once you've they've um, they've passed a couple of your uh, uh, assessments. Yeah, it's self care. That's what it comes down to. You're taking care of yourself, right? And ask. You know, some people say, "Well, I'm so lonely. I just want to get out of my house and go out to dinner." Go out to dinner alone over being with a bad dinner partner. Mm. Who wouldn't? I would way rather be on my own listening to Karen's podcast or having conversation with the bartender or someone interesting that I choose to rather than being sat down on a two-hour date with a blowhard. Absolutely. We have a special gift for you. Whether you're still emotionally entangled with your ex or not, imagining and creating your life after divorce can feel surreal for some, terrifying for others. Fears and limiting beliefs around financial security, building new friendships, health and fitness, and even finding healthy love can interfere with your ability to create the life you desire. Journey Beyond Divorce coaches can help you get clear on what you want and the obstacles that are keeping you stuck and guide you in manifesting your ideal life. We're here to help you enter this new chapter with more confidence and enthusiasm with a free jumpstart call. Visit journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash jumpstart to book your call today. So, so let's let's shift to what I what would you say being in this world like what would you say in terms of uh, people who meet online versus these other two that we talked about you know being hooked up or real life just meeting someone uh, through a group or something. Can you ask the question again? I want to. Yeah. So, so we have, we have online dating, offline dating and friends hooking us up. What would you say the percentage, like what's the percentage of online dating in that equation? I think, you know, that's a hard statistic to know. I can tell you at Smart Dating Academy, 90% of our clients that find love, find it using online dating. Right. And because it's hard to meet people organically pandemic or not, right? It's everybody's ideal. It's everybody wants the meet cute rom-com. You know, we met eyes over mangoes at Whole Foods and the angels started trumpeting and everything worked out perfectly. Everybody wants that story, right? But at the end of the day, the majority of people are being efficient with dating and the efficiency comes through apps. And if you think about it, using dating apps gives you access to people you would never come across in your real life. So the majority of people that are dating robustly are using the apps. 
So let's talk about it. Let's dive into that. There are so many different apps. I remember once being on Bumble and hating it. You know, everyone seems to be on Match. There's free apps. There's paid apps. There's apps that are attached to your, you know, spiritual belief. There's, you know, apps for your age. How does one who's like, all right, I'm going to roll up my sleeves. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to go get in. I'm going to dive in. How do you know where to start or how many to be on or guide us? Right. So, I mean, the best thing you can do if you're coming out of divorce is get professional help around this, you Mm -hmm. know, and it can be whomever you feel comfortable with, but doing it with a professional will keep you out of harm's way. If you're with the right professional, number one, you don't have to go at this on your own. It can be overwhelming. It can feel scary. I've had people do our workshops where they get out of the workshop and they're like, oh my gosh, I felt like I had been like dumped into the Atlantic ocean with no life vest on, which is how it can feel. So number one, if you need help, there is help. Okay. Now, if you want to, if you want to do it on your own, that's fine. Then find, you know, talk to some of your friends that are single. What apps are they using? What's working for them in your geography, in your age group, right? Because there's differences in populations between every city and every age group. So I, you know, people ask me all the time, what's the best dating app? Right. Like there's a you don't have an answer. No, there's no velvet ropes, quiet VIP room that everybody wants to get into. Right. Come on. I know. I know the apps feel like, you know, the human version of eBay. I get it. You're like, oh, my God, what is this? But it's okay when you look at it that way and you're like, gosh, this is really interesting. I would never come across these people in my real life and starting to read and look at people's stories. And it's a really efficient way to do it. But you have to invest in your own profile. I will tell you Mm. with 12 years of concrete certainty, you guys, you have to have new photos. Every day someone comes to me, I think my photos are good enough, Bella. I don't think I need to do pictures. I look at their photos. I'm like, this is the best of what you have in your cell phone, but it's not good. Compared to the stuff that you own, it's fine, but it's look at the best photos out there. That's your competition. So Do we need professional photos? I'll tell you what, when I got into this business, I would have never, ever imagined that every client that went through my practice would get a photo shoot because they're our client. It is one of the most important things that people need to do. And I started to provide it to people in our program because if I didn't, they weren't doing it. They would pull their janky old photos off their iPhone, scratch out people's faces. Like these photos look like crime scenes, right? They're dark, they're shadowed. And I'm like, if you're not getting the response that you want online, you've got to change something up. So if we stay on photos for a second, uh, I was I was asking someone else about this. Uh, I, I just turned 60. So for me, happy birthday. I don't, thank you so much. Um, I don't think I've changed that much in the last few years. I mean, maybe I cut my hair a little bit. Um, maybe I color it a little bit. Uh, what is the what is the rule? Let's say I, I, let's say you do have um, some nice photos. At what point are they too old? One year. Wow. And if you've changed in that year, then you need to change your photos. I had a woman, beautiful, was on one of our our kick the tires kind of products are called Love Lab Workshops. And they're a small group. They're really amazing. We do all these different topics like fix your relationship picker, dating over 50, the online dating Love Lab. So we did an online dating Love Lab two months ago. And this girl is coming out of divorce, 45 years old, stunning, sends her photos to us. And we're looking at her pictures and she's brunette. And there's a woman that pops onto the love lab call and we can see everybody and they can see us. And her name wasn't on the call. I said, Oh, it's so nice to meet you. Who are you? And she said, Oh, I'm Maggie. 
Maggie's photos, it was like chalk and cheese. It looked nothing like her because she had gone bleach blonde. And in Maggie's own internal mirror, she's just Maggie with blonde hair. My team had no clue who this woman was that logged on to the call because she looked so dramatically different. And when I told her, I didn't even recognize you. She couldn't believe it. She just dyed her hair four weeks ago and she looked amazing as a brunette and a blonde, unrecognizable. If your hair is different color, if it's a different length, if you wear different glasses, those are, you lose 20 pounds, you gain 20 pounds. Those are material changes that are noticeable. The first act of self-sabotage in online dating is having pictures that look like you two versions ago. Right. Because, and that happened to me once. I, I, re, I remember walking into this um, restaurant and I was meeting this guy and it looked like his father craned his neck and looked at me. And I was like, oh my God, the guy looked 15 years older than his photos. And yeah. that's that's a pretty bad way to start, isn't it? And people have no idea. This is why you need professional counsel. Our brains, remember the way, if you look at yourself and I do this with my clients all the time, the way they'll look at themselves in a mirror, like, oh, I think that dress looks good on me. I'll take a photo of them and I'll show them the photo. They're like, oh, that doesn't look that good. What we see in our mind's eye is very different than when we actually look at a photograph of ourselves. It's pretty astounding. So that's number one. And number two, the research shows we don't choose the best photos of ourselves. Really? Again, we have this own perspective that's like so narrow because we've been with ourselves our whole life. Exactly. And so having other people at least have some other, you know, candid friends that will help you pick your best photos. But friends often won't tell you what you need to hear because they don't want to hurt your feelings. Right. Right. And so, you know, this is part of what we do every day is no, no, these five are usable that get rid of that. That's doing nothing for you. Oh, that was my favorite photo. I'm like, why was that your favorite photo? (laughs) I like the way my cheekbones look. I'm like, nobody is looking at your cheekbones. (laughs) So on the scale of what's important when you're putting your profile together, is photos right at the top of the list? For online, 100%. It's like if you're trying to sell your house, what's going to sell your house? The photos of your house and the space. And you certainly wouldn't think, let me just look at some photos, you know, where I've taken it in my iPhone of my space. You would not do that with all your clutter lying around and all of that. You would clean up your space, make it sparkle and spick and span, probably have a real estate agent come in and advise you on how to photograph. And then the real estate agent will say, I have a professional that does this. Let me bring this person in. We don't think about ourselves in this way. We think about everything else and we invest in all these other things. But for the most important thing in our lives, which is us and finding love, we don't have the same logic patterns. Bella, you're absolutely right. I mean, even as I'm listening to you, uh, it it's... It, the thought is like, really, really, I'm going to go out and date and I need to hire a professional to do it. And yet as you're talking, it's, 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 it's different. And it's, and and even writing a profile. I mean, I market for my business all the time. I can wax on about how amazing my business is and what all the benefits are and the features and all this sitting down and writing a profile about myself has to be one of the most uncomfortable things to do. Yeah. I believe me for many years, you know, we wrote profiles for our clients and we have, you know, professional writers, New York times, best-selling authors. And when they have to sit down and write about themselves in 200 words, they're like, I can't do this. And, and so we, when COVID struck, I had taught half a dozen writers over 12 years, how to write profiles for my clients. And I thought, I could turn this into a Mad Libs profile. And so I wrote a workbook that helps people to produce the perfect online profiles. Really? Yes. And it's a book that we only give 
out. We don't, people always are like, can I buy the book? I'm like, we don't sell the book. We, it's only available if you, in our workshops or in our one-on-one client base, but it makes, it takes all the pain out of it. It's like, here are the eight questions to answer. Here's the template. Here's 10 examples of using this template. People are like, oh my, oh my God. God, that's priceless. Amazing. Amazing. Just having that. And then my coaches help edit and zhuzh it up. And we do, we do the photography for people, right? People fly in again. We know what works, right? And so this is a daunting process. And if it sounds like a lot to you listening to this, you probably feel like that person in the Atlantic that's got no life jacket on. So I'm here to tell you there, you, you can go out there and there's so many people that would love to help hold your hand through this process. Don't go at it alone. If you're not feeling it, it's like, there's people that can go to the gym on their own and do their own workouts. But when people really want results and they want to change their bodies, what do they hire? They hire personal trainers in the same gym. Right. And so we're kind of like personal trainers for people's love lives. So uh, in, in full transparency, um, my last round of online dating, I, I did not bring in a professional and and I'm a pretty positive person and I'm able to like keep my stories quiet. It was one of the most discouraging experiences I had. And I was like, I'm smart. I'm decent looking. Like, and it was just, You're gorgeous. I was just like, what is going on? And as you're highlighting things, that's fascinating. It's like, I shouldn't need somebody, you know, I'm a relationship coach, but it's not about that. It's like, you're talking about such a specific skill set, and you know, that, you know, that, you know, what we need. And so I love that we're having this conversation. This is so valuable. It's, you know, I've had people, it's funny. I was interviewed by one of my former clients who's now married said, and she's in PR and advertising. She says, Hey, Bella, I have a client who has a show. Can you come and be a guest on it? And I said, sure. And her name is Dr. Anna and she has a show. And I did the show and Dr. Anna is single and she's beautiful and she's divorced and in her fifties and has two kids and is a gynecologist. And when I did the show with her, literally two days later, she picked up the phone. She's like, I can't forget our conversation. I need to work with you. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, it's okay. This is what, there's no accidents, right? And the fact that you sweet person listening to this, you're ready to do something and just know that there's lots of love around you and there's lots of people wishing you well. And there's, I always say there's hands at your back, people holding you up. And you know what? If you need help around this, it's okay. You are the most important person in your life. And, you know, I just had a client tell me, she says, you know what, Bella, we are so worth investing in ourselves. And that she's like, we're worth it. And the way she said it to me gave me goosebumps. Right. And it is true. I mean, I, every level up I've done in my own business in my own life has come with investing in someone who can give me that hand and pull me up the next rung of the ladder. And it's okay to do that. And sometimes we shame ourselves for needing help. I should be able to do this on my own. Right? There's all this information is available on the internet. I shouldn't have to hire someone and pay them thousands of dollars. I'll tell you what, you're paying for someone who's curated a process for you. And this isn't any aspect of your life, whether you need a life coach or a business coach or a divorce coach or a dating coach that's curating it and will walk you through it personally. And most importantly, keep you excited and keep you positive and keep you psychotically optimistic for whatever goals you're having. So I just like to destigmatize and de-shame the help that we need. Thank goodness we live in 2022. Think about life in even 1992. There was, there was, there was, you didn't exist. I didn't exist. We could, you could barely find a therapist back in the day. Right. And now it's like, people will say to me, a dating coach. That's so interesting. Wow. I didn't even know that was a job. I'm like, Oh, it's a job. Half of American adults are single. 
And now there's a plethora of ways to find people. It used to be you get set up by Aunt Sally or you meet someone at work or you become, you know, the old man down the road or the old woman down the road. And that's it. And that's and it doesn't have to be like that anymore. Isn't that exciting? Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like that. I love it. And what you said earlier, it's like you think about it, if you're buying a home, the amount of time and energy you put in, if you're buying a car, the amount of time and energy you put in, if you're looking for a new job and all of that with support of professionals. And so um, isn't our love life and our intimate relationship equally as, if not more valuable? I grew up with the poster in my house my dad's an entrepreneur and it's called the 21 suggestions for success in life. Okay. In life, all of life rule. Number one, marry the right person. This one decision will determine 90% of your happiness or 90% of your misery. Rule number two, I can read it's the posters on the back of my door. I bought one. I have one. I put them in my kids' rooms. Rule number two is find work that you're passionate about and do it cheerfully. Rule number three, give people more than they expect. But isn't it amazing? Rule number one, yeah. find the right partner. Yeah. And we take courses on how to play golf, on how to play pickleball. And yet this is the most important thing we'll ever do. And yet there's no education around it. Amazing. My goal on earth, my purpose, my calling is to change that. I've got teenagers and I teach them how to date. My 17 year old daughter has a boyfriend for the last three months. And she says to me, mommy has no red flags. The fact that she would know what to look for, the fact that she can have the conversation, beautiful. They talk about red flags together. They talk about attachment. It's amazing when people are taught this stuff, it works. Beautiful. I would have never known this, Karen. It gives me goosebumps to say this. Like I, like I'm living in this house with a, with a senior in high school and an eighth grader, and you don't know how much they're absorbing by the conversations that you have on a daily basis. And just the things that we talk about over dinner. Oh, today I talked about red flags. Like what are red flags? I'm like, these are things to look out for. And my daughter says, you know, a lot of the red flags that you talk about in dating are also relevant in friendships. Mm. Mic drop. That's it. Learning about relationships. Learning about relationships. Can you imagine how different our lives would be if we were taught this stuff as juniors in high school? Yeah, I say that all the time. Absolutely. And if, if, if with all the podcasting and all the coaches, uh, it's very exciting to think our younger generations are going to be more conscious, more connected, more mindful, um, that they, they have access to things that, that we just never did, which is beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. So I'm so optimistic and bullish on the fact that every single person that wants love can find it. The lid to your pot is out there. I promise you with every cell of my being, they, Steve Harvey in 2012 called me the fairy godmother of love. He's like, you don't look like no fairy godmother, but you're the fairy godmother of love. You wave your wand. And and so I'm waving my wand over all of you sweet people listening to this, telling you love exists for you. It's a when, it's not an if. Your fairy godmother put a pink sparkly wand over your head. And so be optimistic. Know that you don't have to walk the same path that you just got out of. It can be way better. You are, you deserve the greatest love of your life. Beautiful. Awesome. How can our listeners find you, Bella? In a couple of different ways. I mean, you can, I have a podcast called the Smart Dating Academy podcast with a lot like deep, deep episodes of information. 
Um, I do free shows on Instagram. You can follow me at Smart Dating Academy. And of course, if you want consultations, you'd like to take part in our Zoom Love Lab workshops. We have Dating Over 50, the online dating love lab, fix your relationship picker. Go to smartdatingacademy.com and you can fill out a form and we would love to help you. So there's lots of ways to find us. You kind of can't avoid us. Yeah, no, that sounds great. It sounds like there's something for everyone. Uh, you know, you guys are all podcasters listening. So so head on over to Smart Dating Podcast and and you can hear more of Bella's wisdom tips and suggestions. Do you have any final words of wisdom before we say goodbye? Dip your toe in, but get some safety rails around you. You don't want to have that disheartening, discouraging experience. You don't have to do it that way. I always say, if I want to learn to play golf, I'm not going to go out and buy 500 balls and go to a driving range and think that I'm going to become a pro golfer or be able to golf with my friends that can golf really well. Take some lessons, learn how to do it the right way. Mm -hmm. It will pay you great dividends. Don't wait to go hit the brick wall, fall off the mountain. Then somebody's going to have to help you to unlearn the bad habits to get you into good habits. So that's what I tell everybody for anything that you want in your life with dating, with business, with relationships, with divorce, whatever it is, there's help out there seek it out. Don't bloody yourself when you don't have to. Yeah. And I just want to add to that, you know, you've been through uh, the ringer, you've been through the battle of divorce, you're on the other side, perhaps you're a single parent, you're, you've got your, your challenges and your successes. This is, this is your opportunity to have fun. This is your opportunity to roll up your sleeves, um, be excited, be positive, uh, have high expectations and go out there and meet healthy love that can last a lifetime. And Bella, you, your, uh, your enthusiasm is contagious. I love your passion and your enthusiasm. I love what you shared. I think that this is going to be so incredibly valuable for our listeners. So thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I wish all of you, um, a year full of love. Perfect. And we'll be back again real soon with another episode of Life After Divorce. Until then, you take care. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.